listen to The Hormone Suite, where we talk about all things hormonal and how our hormones can positively or negatively govern our lives. We examine the intersection between our external and internal environments and empower you to become hormonally literate. This podcast was created to demystify and destigmatize hormones so that you can become part of a new generation of people who are the masters of their own health. I'm Talia Minot. And I'm Gemma Martin. And we're very excited for you to join us on this journey. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Hormone Suite podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Stacey from Birthstrong. Welcome, Stacey. Thank you. So nice to have nice you. To- <laughs> so I thought we'd just jump in initially and maybe you can give the listeners a little bit of information about yourself, about your business and what you do in the birth space and how you got there. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a big question. So I, yeah, I'm a mom. <laughs> I'm a mom of uh, two, well, one little and one not so little boy. So one's 10 and one's five. And I am a birth educator and a hypnobirthing teacher um, I'm also a prenatal yoga teacher and and doula so all of the things in the in the birthing sphere uh, and I've been doing this really since I was pregnant with my first son 11 years ago so you started doing the hypnobirthing when you were pregnant with your son yeah so I to be honest I mean I, I was a, a yoga teacher up until that point but I hadn't really thought very much about birth until a friend of mine over in the UK um, got pregnant and ended up having a home breach birth which was um, you know not something I'd, I'd heard much about prior to that and she said you must do hypnobirthing it's it's absolutely incredible so just before I got pregnant I started watching videos of hypnobirths and I got a little bit addicted <laughs> because <laughs> um, they were completely different than any of the births that you know that you see on media generally in the media there's panic there's generally a car chase you know lots of blood lots of screaming um, a very frenetic painful kind of energy going on uh, and what I saw on these hypnobirthing videos was something completely different I saw you know, a sense of peace and power and beauty and so by the time I got pregnant I was already determined that I wanted to have a hypnobirth Um, so yeah I went and did a hypnobirthing class 11 years ago and it really changed everything it changed my entire perspective on pregnancy so that the way that I viewed what was happening to my body and the way I was able to connect with the little life that was going inside my my belly um, that that changed and made me a lot more conscious Um, and I did indeed go on to have um an incredible incredible birth experience actually um I've had two birth experiences and they've both been beautiful and they've both been completely different and from from the years and years I've been doing this everybody's birth story is completely different but I did have one of the kind of profound out-of-body experiences you know there's a quote that says you know women in labor leave their bodies go to the stars and return with their babies and that really was what it felt like Mm. for me and and yeah so that was a what beautiful introduction to motherhood I'm very lucky um, yes. that I had that experience and, and it really drove something inside me and I was like right I need to help try my best to help other women yeah. have an experience like this so then I stopped teaching normal yoga classes trained to be a prenatal yoga teacher um, went and got a diploma in childbirth education and then eventually trained to be a hypnobirthing teacher. So I'm now teaching the course or a similar course anyway, a better course actually than the one I did. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> there's more in it uh, than uh, yeah. So I'm now yeah teaching other people, and I love it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's changed a lot over the last 11 years. And was it, so I conceived my first six years ago and I heard about hypnobirthing. I haven't actually done the course, but I have got probably everyone knows the book or you would probably know the book, the hypnobirthing book. It's like kind of beigey color. So I read the book, but I haven't actually done the courses. Um, but how long has hypnobirthing been around? Do you know? I wrote a blog about this because people ask me this all the time. So, so hypnobirthing is a generic term and it just means to birth using hypnosis. Um, so it's a little bit misleading because actually anybody can say that they teach hypnobirthing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's been, I think the book that you're referring to is a book but written by Marie Mongan that was... It could be. Um, uh, I think that was originated in America. So that I think that was the first sort of classic text written around uh, hypnobirthing, and that's the course that I did. And then, so that's, I don't know, I mean, that's probably 20, I don't know exactly, but I'd say that's a good 20 years old, but potentially more. Um, and, and that course was great. What I found is that it prepared you for a pain-free, beautiful, issue-free birth. Yes. And it was great if you were to get that. Um, but there wasn't a lot of what to do if birth took a different turn. And as we know, birth is one of life's great mysteries and we can't ever truly know what we're, what we're getting ourselves into. So then I ended up doing a different hypnobirthing course, which is a hypnobirthing Australia course, um, which has all of the lovely hypnosis parts of it. But that's really only like 20 percent of the course. The rest of the course is really on empowering women. And that's what really, Mm. really sets me on fire is there's too many women hand over their power or have their power taken away from them at a moment when they should be feeling the most powerful they've ever felt in their entire lives. Mm. Um, So the course that I teach is very much about helping women understand what's going on, understand how they can influence, have so much influence on what's happening in their bodies and in their environments and how they can retain their power. So that's quite different than the course that was invented 20 years ago. But, you know, as you can probably tell, I I get really fired up about this because I think it's so important. Yeah, it's absolutely. So I think yeah, you so know. That's, 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 that's Sorry. No, you're totally fine. I think, like you said, I mean, I'm so passionate about birth, which most most of our listeners will know. And I had two beautiful births as well. And I, similar to you, I was watching all the like beautiful birth videos and reading all the amazing books like Spiritual Midwifery, which talk about incredible births and just viewing it in such a different way than society had shared with me. Yeah, but, you know, I think it's a big thing what you just mentioned too um, in terms of women being so empowered. I felt so empowered in my birth and, you know, I had the privilege of having a home birth and choosing my birth team and just having my partner and them here with me, which I think was very significant for me. Um, But it's really interesting with friends of mine, you know, over the years and even clients that I've had, how, you know, they'll say certain phrases like, you know, I'll I'll kind of say, you know, are you ready for birth? You know, is there anything you need to know or whatever we're chatting about in that session? Or if I'm catching up with a friend, you know, having a chat and they'll often say things like, 
oh, I, um, I'm just, my birth team really know what they're doing. My midwife, my obstetrician, they know what they're doing. I'm just going to go in and they'll kind of guide me. And it's always really kind of been surprising to me when p- women have been in that state of maybe not being as self kind of responsible. And I wonder, I think in different layers of care, maybe we see that differently, but I wonder if you see that in, you know, with the women that you have, although I guess the women that are coming to you are probably more so in that empowerment. So they're wanting to learn. Yeah. I mean, I work with a mixed bag, really. People come with me for different reasons and often they'll come to me with a second birth because their first birth was, you know, traumatic or hasn't gone exactly how they wanted it to go. Um, But yeah, like you, I do hear women say, you know, you know, the hospital's got my back, the medical professionals have been trained, I'm safe with them. And it does make me a little bit nervous. Um, not that there's any, you know, the medical system is amazing and does, mm. you know, saves lives every single day. So I just want to make that really clear, first of all. And, yes. you know, women feeling safe is also incredibly important because when we feel safe, as you would know, we're able to relax and all the hormones of birth are able to flow. It's when we don't feel safe and we feel threatened that that, that, that birth um, can can get derailed. Um, But I do have to say that for most women, unless they're, um, you know, one of the few women that do have the luxury of continuity of care, so either in a midwifery group or a home birth group, they're seeing a different person every single time they go um people aren't aware of their life situation and they're very likely to get a complete stranger walking into their birthing environment um and I don't think these women realize quite how vulnerable you feel in that moment when you're birthing your baby and and having a stranger there um yeah, it can, it can sometimes not be a great experience. Um, and, and aside from strangers being there, hospital policies sometimes, unfortunately, <laughs> are not always in the best interest of the woman and they focus more around efficiency than they are in the in the well-being of, of the woman. And, and people will often find that very difficult to believe. They think that the hospital policies would be evidence-based. And the, the sad truth is they're, they're very often not. Mm. Um, an interesting session in in the we, we spend a whole unit of the four units in the course talking about this and it's it's often an eye-opener um for, for the people in, in the classes yeah I mean this might be triggering for some but I have found it to be like somewhat bizarre that birth is a part of hospitals I understand when we see birth centers and all those types of places but to me a hospital is a place for crisis and I I really also understand and acknowledge that sometimes in birth there is emergencies and I'm really grateful for the hospital system for that but I have found it bizarre that we have, you know, people going into emergency who, you know, have emergencies where they might be dying, cardiac arrest. And then we also in the same space are birthing babies. No, absolutely. Um, you know, and if we look at intervention is going up. So things like C-sections are going up, inductions are going up, episiotomies, so the, the cutting of the perineum are all going up. Um, but the outcomes aren't improving at all. There isn't a, a reduction in in people, women and children dying. That's the, which is the main, you know, the main aim of doing all of this stuff. There's so much intervention, so much trauma, unfortunately. Um, but the outcomes aren't getting any better. Yeah, 
I mean, we were just talking off air about, um, you know, it's such a great time to actually record this podcast because Hygiea Health, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, have just done a big um, call out on social media and I think they got over 4,000 um, yes. submissions of birth trauma, which is really incredible. And I guess the aim for them, sorry, what was that? Sorry. That was just within New South Wales as well. Oh, wow. I didn't realise that was just New South Wales. Oh, that's incredible. And I guess their aim for that is that change will come from from the submissions of all the trauma. Am I correct? Absolutely. And I think the, it's, it's, it's amazing that so many brave women have, have spoken up because I, I know from a lot of the women that I've worked with that have had birth trauma, the last thing they want to do is um, often talk about it um, and, and relive their sh- story again. So um, a lot of bravery there for them, for them sharing their stories. But, you know, what the outcomes that we, we would like to see in the birthing community um, is is better education um, because we really feel that you know that the antenatal education that is often provided isn't isn't giving women what they need isn't giving them necessarily the perspective that they need it's kind of you know it varies I'm, I'm speaking very general terms there but it's very very much like this is physically what's going to happen to you when the pain gets so unbearable these are all the list of interventions that you know you are going to need um but there's not a great deal of or any sort of empowerment education in there so independent childbirth education is really important so mm. I think hopefully education will be one of them hopefully policies will change to be more women-centered rather than efficiency centered now at the moment a lot of the birthing environment operates a bit like a business rather than looking at each woman as an individual Uh, and hopefully there will be more of the home births more birth centers more continuity of care because of women seeing the same person throughout their pregnancy and having that person with them during their birth makes an enormous difference yeah and that's why you know doulas are so important because they're often the only continuity of care that a woman gets and they can't provide medical um, assistance, but they don't need to provide medical assistance. It's all the other stuff going on in the room. That's really important, actually not the medical part. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned Um, you're a doula as well. So when you're in your doula space, um, I'm assuming most of your clients probably do hypnobirthing with you. And then will you actually in the birth space support them through their hypnobirthing journey? Yeah, 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 that's that's lovely. I mean, I don't exclusively work with women that have done the course, but it makes such a a difference if we've all had, you know, the the course is 12 hours. If you've had that kind of 12 hours of background, it enables me to go a lot deeper in those one-on-one sessions with them. Um, But yeah, it's it's lovely because I can go to their home um, or wherever they're choosing to birth. Uh, beforehand and and you know help them get get into that state and mm. you know we can talk about what hypnosis is um it, it's not what most people think it is but help them to reset their nervous system and, and get into the optimal frame of mind for birthing their babies um and kind of hold that space with them and, and try and maintain that space when they move into the hospital environment which is often very different from the home environment yeah absolutely and, and, and do the simple things like you know you walk into a hospital environment and there's generally you know bright lights and people asking you lots of questions and staring at you they are all of the things 
that send your body into, you know, they switch your neocortex in. So take you out of your birthing body and into your thinking body. Mm. Um, it's, it's no wonder people can be laboring beautifully at home and then their labor just stops when they walk into that sort of, it's a hostile environment, really. Yeah. <laughs> so having a or a well-trained birth partner um, just come in and do all of those little things around the lights, around, you know, maybe not asking so many questions to the birthing woman. All of those tiny little things can add up to an enormous impact. Yeah, I've always thought, you know, as as much as I did home birth the boys, I was very well aware that if something happened, we'd be going to hospital and so I always had the idea of having earphones in so that they actually couldn't communicate with me at all. And then if anyone needed to communicate, it would either be my partner or my doula and they could take an earphone out and they could put it back in so that I just couldn't hear anyone else. <laughs> I need to do that day to day living with my children now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds bad. We both have two boys, although your boys are a little bit <laughs> older than mine, but um, the, de- the boys are definitely quite full on. <laughs> <laughs> yes they are they the labor is the easy part price having two two boys fighting at five o'clock in the morning uh, test your nervous system even more than birth but <laughs> oh, i love it so can you go a bit deeper into hypnosis for those people who um are listening who maybe don't know so much about it and what it actually means in the birth space Yeah, I think there are a lot of, um, just like there are a lot of myths around birth, there are a lot of myths around hypnosis. And I think there's been too many um, stories of chicken impersonations and pendulums (laughs) and stage shows and things. Um, There are definitely no pendulums or chickens um, in any of my courses. Look, hypnosis is really just a very relaxed, present state of mind with a, a single point of concentration, Um, almost like in a state of intense, relaxed mindfulness, where you're also really responsive to the things being said around you. So um, what that means in labor is that you're completely unaware of everything else that's going on around you. You're in your body and really you're in a state where there's only you and your baby exist um, and you're feeling calm. And you're, you're, you know, if, you, if your hormones are flowing, which which they are, you're you're flooded with oxytocin. So you're in this this bubble of love where, where there's nothing else around other than you and your baby. And you know, oh can you God. think of a more beautiful place to, to meet your baby in than that? I so mean, that, that that is all it is. You know, you, all hypnosis is self hypnosis. You have to be willing to do it. It relies very much on your imagination. Um, and on practice, which is why we say doing it a bit earlier in your pregnancy. So you've got time to practice. Mm. You, can, you can train your mind and your body to get into that state so that when you do go into labor, you just sort of, yeah, you automatically go into that beautiful state. We show videos in the course and I've seen it myself. I mean, I was a bit like this too, is women literally look like they're asleep. You can't even tell when they're having a, a contraction or a surge, as we call it in hypnobirthing, wow. because they're just so within um, and, and can literally birth their babies in, in that state. Um, not everybody. Some people are charging around and mooing and omming and roaring their babies into the world. And that's beautiful too, because that's a woman completely in her power. But yeah, um, the, the state of hypnosis in birth is, is beautiful. So I'm intrigued now. So with both your births, did you feel like you were in that state, in that real kind of sleepy state or were they quite different? They were very different. My first birth, I, I definitely did. And I had a doula for that birth and she videoed parts of it. And you would, I was in the bath at the time. And when I got a surge, a contraction, um, language is important. Yes. <laughs> but when I got a surge, 
I would come into a squat position, hold onto the railings that were in front of me. I would do my big birth breath. And in hypnobirthing, we don't push, we breathe our babies out. And then when that surge disappeared, I would just lie back in the bath and just go sleep. And I'd be asleep for three minutes until the next surge and I'd come out. And yeah, I, I saw the, the video of myself doing this. So yes, it's absolutely possible. My second birth was just a comedy of errors, really, and was sent to me from the birthing gods to show me how different births can be <laughs> and how important <laughs> how important your work the, is. Well, it is because in the course I teach, we teach almost like a birthing toolkit of, of many, many, many different things that you can call upon if you need your birth because you don't know what you're going to need. My first birth, I really only needed my breath and music and nothing else. Um, but I'd continue to teach all of these other practices. My second birth completely derailed with a comedy of errors. And I ended up using every single tool in that kit. Um, and they work. But no, I mean, there was nothing traumatic, nothing serious. I lost my phone in early labor and couldn't ring my husband. So then I had to go in labor with my four-year-old to the Optus shop and buy a new phone. <laughs> and then we couldn't get hold of the babysitter. And I had to take my four-year-old to the birth centre and he wouldn't go to sleep. So instead of having my birthing tracks, I had Paw Patrol on. So um, my labour went from being <laughs> really well established to just completely stopping. Oh, my gosh, um, I love it, though. So tell me, did your, I mean, part, your partner made it, though, right? <laughs> yeah, I found I went, Optus were very helpful, so thank you for that, Optus. Um, got me a new phone, helped me install. <laughs> yes. My husband did make it. Um so, so all of that. So I was laboring quite intensely, but stopped because there was just so much shit going on in the room, um, which goes to show it proves the very point that our nervous system will not let us birth a baby in an environment that doesn't appear to be safe. So, you know, I, I didn't have a vaginal examination um, with my first birth because I think it's actually nonsense and you don't need to. It doesn't mean anything. It's just an arbitrary number. And, you know, it's more to fulfill a hospital's policy and plot you on a, a graph rather than anything about how your labor is doing so I didn't have an examination with my first but with my second I was so confused because I'd gone from having surges every three minutes to nothing that I did have an examination and they told me I was three centimeters and it's, it's interesting what that does psychologically mm -hmm. to you when you're in the throes of labor and somebody goes well oh, three centimeters and it was it was almost like I had the devil and the angel on my shoulder and the devil was going you need to go home three centimeters you're not even really in labor you're going to be for hours just go home and then I had the other the, the, the childbirth educator angel on the other side going you know that this is nonsense you know your baby could be here at any moment your cervix can dilate seven centimeters really really quickly don't listen to that other voice. So I had to, yeah, I had that kind of battle going on for a while. Um, and then I realized it was one o'clock in the morning and I was absolutely exhausted. So I, you know, did all the things myself, put my music on, put the, dimmed the lights, put my oils on. And then I asked for a mat and I lay down and listened to my hypnobirthing track for 30 minutes and I didn't have a single surge. And then I was like, right, come on, woman, we're not staying here all night. Need to get this baby out before my son wakes up. So then started going through my acupressure. I was doing my squats. I was working my way through all the visualizations that I'd been teaching other people. Um, and 90 minutes later, I had a baby in my arms, um, which I delivered myself because the midwife didn't even make it into the room. Oh, so my that's God. A good story for me to tell. It wasn't easy at the time. 
That is <laughs> an amazing story. Uh, I actually have tears in my eyes. <laughs> bodies, women's bodies are amazing and babies are clever and, you know, they work together. And yeah, so I was and, very fortunate to have those stories, yeah. And I think you've just absolutely proven the empowerment of hypnobirthing in that birth. Like you've just, you know, really showed how it really supports. And like you said, you had to reach to all your tools and sounds like you were doing it all on your own. And that's incredible. Yeah. And it was really, yeah, I mean, it's hilarious. The surges were so strong that I think had I not had those visualizations, I would have been terrified. But instead of when I'd have a really long, what felt like a two minute surge, I was just visualizing the muscles of my uterus opening. And I was just feeling so bloody powerful in that moment rather than terrified and yeah that's what I try try to teach I have to say that hypnobirthing is only one way to have a beautiful birth I don't want to get all sort of evangelical about it and say that you have to have hypnobirthing to have a positive birth you don't you have to be calm you have to believe in your power you have to have tools and there are other ways to do that it's just that I think the course that I teach is just a beautifully packaged yes. journey yes. that takes people from often from feeling really overwhelmed. Birth overwhelm is, is rife. Everyone is just being bombarded with different opinions and options and people don't know what to do. Their nervous system's already in a state of complete meltdown when they're three months pregnant sometimes because they just don't know. Um, so what I love about teaching women this is that it does take them on a journey from that really scattered place into a place where they really do understand what's happening to their body to their hormones they understand how their mindset and their breath can affect all of that they have all these tools they understand how to have the hard conversations to you know have powerful conversations but challenging conversations with medical professionals so that they can be sure they're getting the information the benefits the risks mm. um, of everything every intervention that might be suggested so that they can make a decision that really feels right for them um, and that, that they're later not going to feel funny or even traumatized about um, yeah so I think the way that it's put together and, and I didn't write this course I just teach the course the way that it's put together is is really beautiful yeah, it sounds incredible. And so you mentioned earlier that women, you usually recommend for them to come earlier in their pregnancy so that they can practice uh, these tools. So around what time of pregnancy do you usually like to see women? See, I was a complete nerd and I wanted to practice really <laughs> early. I did it like three months. Five weeks pregnant <laughs> and you're there? <laughs> I realize I'm not normal in many ways. Uh, no, anytime after 20 weeks, you know, it's never too late. Um, but you kind of want to hit that sweet spot where you're not panicking and you've got loads of time to practice, but that you're not going to forget about it and it not be fresh anymore. And, so obviously, anytime after 20 and obviously you have birth partners um, there also or not always? Yes. Uh, I've only had one that refuse to come. Generally, they're quite willing. It's it's so much for the birth partner, what, you know, whether that's the romantic partner or the mom or the sister, who, whoever, because the people you have supporting you in your birth environment have such an important role to play. Yes. They really do shape your experience. So 
you know, having your birth partner understanding equally what's going on and knowing how to support you practically. So they're not just pacing up and down, you know, or being the, you're not allowed to smoke cigars in the corridor of the hospital anymore, but you know, that useless, they're actually in there. And, and we teach the birth partners a couple of different massage techniques. We even give them a cheat sheet of helpful things that they say, various different scripts if they want to be the voice um, guiding the hypnosis. Um, so that it's it's interesting most of the time the partners come in looking a bit pissed off that they've had to give up a Saturday <laughs> um, and by the time they leave they're really excited often saying oh I want to give birth now it's that level of transformation um, yeah wow yeah even for both I yeah. think we did a birthing workshop with a um a yoga teacher and an acupuncturist and it wasn't hypnobirthing but it was you know, they went through so much stuff and acupressure points and positions and all this incredible stuff. And it was, I think my partner was like, he was a bit like, oh yeah, I'll come along. Could kind of tell he wasn't totally enthused by it, but exactly what you said by the end, I was, I just looked at him. I was like, wow, I feel like he got more out of this than I did. Like it was incredible for me, but I'd done so much research and so much stuff. Um, and it's my field of work as well, but I felt like for him, it was really important. And I'm sure, you know, this documentary and I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but I will just never forget. It's this documentary that goes around and it shows different births and it's, it's quite a recent one. And in one... No, it's not the birth time one. It's okay. Maybe not that recent, maybe like five, six years ago. And um, in it, they go into like one of the births is in a hospital and in that hospital birth, they, you know, they're going screening on the mom and then they're also screening on the partner. And I feel like through the whole way through, he just looks like he's in shock. He's just like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. And I just will never forget that and just be like, wow, it's so important for the guy to have some level of preparation or to have done something so that they're also really well prepared in that space. Because I think if just the woman is well prepared, then you're kind of missing an element of that too. Cause it's so important for her to have like I don't not necessarily a partner, but yeah, like a birth, a birth partner that is as prepared to be that support for her in those moments where maybe she can't. No, absolutely. And, and we, you know, we say women need to turn off their neocortex, their thinking brain, so that their birth partner all takes on that role and, and that they need to have done the journey with them and, and, and be aware of their preferences so that they can advocate for her so that she really can go within. So, yeah, it's, it's hugely important. Um, and, and birth partners often love hearing about the big oxytocin spike when the when the baby has been born. So babies, as you would know, um, babies have a huge oxytocin spike the moment that they're born, um, and so does the mum. But then the mum gives off pheromones, which the dad breathes in, or however they get in pheromones, and 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 the the birth partner has a big spike of oxytocin too. So you end up with all three mm. people just bubble of love in, in that golden hour that's, yes. that's really special oh my gosh the love yeah. bubble I'll never forget that and I just had the absolute honor of being at my first birth which was not planned and the midwife didn't make it in time and it just ended up being me and her husband and it was so magical and I think I was high for at least 48 hours after that I just felt like <laughs> I was just like, everything was beautiful. The trees were beautiful. My kids were beautiful. Like it was just so incredible. 
it really is like a high isn't it mm. yeah yeah and it's, it's not uncommon for people to fall in love with the midwives and things around them too you know get yes. a little bit of crush on your midwife because <laughs> they're part of that space too yeah, absolutely. I remember, I actually remember that moment after the birth of my first son, which was a beautiful birth, but a long birth around, it was around about 30 hours all up and like five minute contractions from the get go. Uh, and I remember saying to them once I'd birthed him, I was just like, you guys are amazing. What you do is so amazing. <laughs> And they were like, you have just birthed this child. I was like, I know, but you guys are amazing. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where can uh, people get in contact with you and where do you actually teach your courses? They're all in person, I, I assume. Yeah, I do offer them online. So if people want to, if people are outside of the Northern Rivers region, um, I do offer them on, on Zoom. And I didn't think that would be very good, but COVID forced me to do that, obviously. And they're actually okay. I, instead of running them on two six-hour sessions, we just do three-hour ones. So it's kind of four three-hour sessions. But mainly I teach face-to-face um, in a beautiful little space in Kingscliff. Um, but I also teach privates as well. Um I am on Instagram. I'm terrible at Instagram. I, have, I, I need to uh, do some work around my Instagram triggers, but I do appear on there occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> You will be able to find me. And I do advertise my four states on there too. And your Instagram is at birth underscore strong? Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Glad I got that right. <laughs> and do you have any courses coming up or nothing in the pipeline at the moment? I do. Uh, the 7th and the 14th of October is the next one. And that's the a face-to-face one in Kingscliff. Amazing. Thanks so much for joining us today. I love a good birth chat anytime. Chat, me too. I think I'm almost like we, Gemma and I always say whenever we do go to talks or do anything, we're like, we're both really birth obsessed. We just get so excited over birth. And I think a big part of that is just really changing the rhetoric around birth. And I'm seeing that so much in the community that we're around. And you and I actually met at a beautiful birth expo at the start of July, which was incredible. And I'm it's just so amazing to see such a different rhetoric now around birth. I feel like when I was growing up, you know, and even just pre-falling um, pregnant when I was in my preconception phase, just so much fear that was shared and so many horrible stories. And now the women around me, they're all just such incredible, empowering, amazing stories. And it's just, it's so lovely. Because women are amazing, incredible and empowering, hey? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Was there any parting words that you would love to share with pregnant women who are, I guess, maybe a little bit fearful or just kind of not really, yeah, sure of birth. Is there anything you'd like to share with them? Oh, this is where I should have uh, come up with something really poetic and beautiful. Um, <laughs> and I haven't. But what I will say is, is that I truly believe that there is nothing stronger or more beautiful than a woman giving birth to new life. And you already know how to do that. It's mm. just that society got in the way and um, made you think that you don't but don't run away from it don't ignore it until you're in labor that's a terrible strategy do the work now and and find that power within you um, because it will transform everything your whole experience of pregnancy birth and, and motherhood to be quite honest 
Yeah, absolutely. That was very poetic and beautiful. So you didn't <laughs> oh. you didn't need to read. <laughs> you didn't need to have that prior. Oh, <laughs> Thanks so much. Have a beautiful day. Okay, sexy hormoners. That's it for us this week. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And if you need more help with your hormones, we're always here for you at the Hormone Suite Clinic. You can find us at thehormonesuite.com or on Insta at the Hormone Suite. Bye. Bye.